Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are things going today? Things are great. I can't complain at all. I'm starting to kind of get my schedule down pat. I'm busier than any year that I can remember since I left the Browns, but I'm starting to kind of figure out like, okay, Wednesdays at this time, I've got my schedule. I'm going to be doing this, and then I'm going to knock this article out. Then I'm going to watch this game. Then I'm going to go to this radio hit. Starting to kind of get a grip. Over the first two weeks, I was swimming. How about yeah. you? You seem like you're busier than ever, too. Yeah, I am. It's it's a good busy, though, like you. It's Yeah. You know, football busy is always good busy, I guess. And, and here, no we are, here we are again. I can't believe we're two weeks into the season already. Week three starts very soon. And uh, we have, Matt, our first three-time guest. Not, not just our first returning guest, but returning for a third time. We've got my buddy over at DLF, Curtis Patrick. Curtis, how are you, man? What's up, guys? Yeah, I, I understand the uh, the sentiments with being busy, but not sure I can really relate to you. But man, I'm just pumped that we're in the middle of the season. Best time of year. No doubt. Absolutely. So Curtis, uh, of course, does work over at DLF with me. Also does some redraft stuff for PFF. I've been checking that out. and. He and I actually have a new project, and Curtis, I think you're going to explain a little bit about that. It's called the Dynasty Command Center. So g- give us some information about that. Yeah, well, this is this is actually um, kind of just a repurposing of an idea uh, from one of my my buddies on on Twitter, John Proctor DFS. Some of you listening may have won some money due to his excellent preseason um, DFS takes, and you know they built a very comprehensive Slack community um, where they talk about DFS all day, every day. It's the, it's degeneracy for the degenerates and, you know, dynasty, we've been around a lot longer than DFS and, you know, why don't we have something like that? And so just at a very macro level, that's how how this idea started uh, when, when Ryan and I were discussing it, you know, but ultimately um, what this is, it's just, it's for people who want to talk dynasty Every day, they don't necessarily want to talk to their their league mates because they're trying to work out some sort of strategy or figure out something with a player. It's for people that it's not good enough when they post something on their Twitter timeline and an analyst gives them a yes or no answer or they post something 50 times and just can't get a response. And it's not always because an analyst doesn't care, uh, but they just may have too many notifications to get to everyone. You see those types of comments all the time. Wish I could get to every question. And, you know, this is the product that I think is, is going to be what brings Dynasty analysts and the Dynasty community together. And so Ryan and I, uh, we started this just a couple days ago. And the idea is that um, we're going to be able to really dive in and get into the nitty gritty of team building and Dynasty management, not just even with one team, but in your whole Dynasty portfolio. What, what are your goals in a given year, in a given off season? What should you specifically do with this trade? You know, if, if you ask an analyst, should I accept this trade? And you just give them the, the player that was offered to you and the player you'd be giving up, you might get an answer, but it's it, there's a high probability it's not the right answer. Uh, team context isn't known. Standings aren't known. League scoring is not known. And so people, you know, analysts and experts, we do the best that we can to give good advice. But when we don't have all that information, Oftentimes it's guesswork, especially if it's a close deal. Well, Ryan and I are digging in. We want to see screenshots of your teams. We want to know screenshots of all your league mates. We want to know 
Um, you know, what was your team story? Are you currently rebuilding? Are you trying to compete this year? What are your goals? And we talk about that. We talk about that in private DMs one-on-one. We talk about it in some different channels that we have um, for the whole community. If we're talking about general concepts and trade goals um, or waiver uh, ads, or if it's just general dynasty talk, there's there's a different channel for all of it. And it's, it's, it's going great, I got to say. We're already seeing different Slack members um, learning from and teaching each other, giving each other ideas. And it's not even just me and Ryan. You know, the other, I think, unintended benefit of this community is it's going to help Ryan and I specifically be better analysts because, you know, Ryan, I'm sure you'll you'll jump in here with with a comment, but most of my leagues anymore, I'm playing mostly with other analysts. And, you know, not only is there group think, but it's it's different when you play with analysts versus when you're playing in, in a, a general league, the types of players that are available on waivers or the the aggressiveness of people trading. Everything's different. Every league's a micro economy. So the Dynasty Command Center is is a place where if you want help, if you if you want somebody to take a look at those things, we can do it. And it's not out there for everyone to see. We're not limiting you to 140 characters. And we're guaranteeing you that you're going to get a response on your question. Curtis, if I can respond to this, I mean, as I can see it from two angles because, you know, I've been on Twitter a long time now and I got a fair amount of followers and I try to answer some fantasy questions here and there. But kind of like you mentioned, I know that if I do that and all my all my followers see it, that's all I'm going to do all day, every day. You know, like, I mean, I'm just going to get flooded by 8 million people asking me, should I start Carlos Hyde or Devontae Adams or what, you know, and, and I can't do that. And I'm sure Matthew Barry's the same way. Obviously, he's much bigger than I am. But, um, you know, the, these analysts, if you, you open that can of worms, that's all you do all day. And especially with Dynasty, like you're saying, I don't know the status of your league and I can say which trade I prefer in a vacuum, but I don't know what the scoring is in your league or the status of your team or all those things. And over the last couple of years, really since Ryan and I started this, this, this uh, podcast, many, many of my followers have asked, Hey, can I pay you X amount to look at my team and uh, analyze it and tell me what to do? And I'm like, I'm I'm always thinking in the back of my head. I'm like, there's a business there. There's a need for that. If I was Joe Blow dynasty guy, I would love someone to come into my team and scout it for me and say, why do you have this guy hanging around? You know, or dude, you, you, you don't, you're not nearly as good as you think you are or vice versa. And I think it's a tremendous service. I think you guys would be really successful with it. Yeah. I, I agree with, with everything Curtis said. And it has been, it's been a lot of fun so far. You know, some of these things we do, if it's writing or podcasts or whatever it might be, sometimes those those do feel like work. And sometimes you even question, why why am I doing this? I've got a day job. I've got a family. This is this is just one other thing. Uh, this has not felt like that so far. It's it's been fun getting to interact with some of these people. And Curtis, I don't know if, if you would agree with this. I feel like it's challenging me like as a dynasty player i feel like in these just the in these past three four or five days we've been doing this i've been more aggressive in making trade offers just having those conversations and knowing hey people are people are out there wanting to make some trades it's early in the season they want to make their team better so i've i've found myself being more aggressive as well just kind of getting in that right mindset Oh, absolutely, man. And and we've even made it a little bit of a contest. You know, we have a we have our trades channel. And yesterday we were all challenging each other, you know, who's going to be the next guy to ring the trade bell and, and report a trade, you know, and we've got another channel 
that's the the trade library and we and, and there's no talk in there it's just screenshots of the trades that we've made and, and helped each other get to so you know i i agree when i when i see one of these people make a trade i'm like man i'm gonna be the next one you know but, but the bottom <laughs> line is you know matt i, w- I want to kind of go back to one of the, the things that you said and you know the, the reason that i really do this is is honestly i just love i love 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 playing dynasty and i want to win at dynasty and i want to help other people win and and that's where i, I see my place you know, kind of in this industry is helping people with actually managing their team. You know, I, I love doing analysis. I love writing. But at the end of the day, I got into this because I love playing Dynasty and just hanging with all these people has been awesome. So, you know, I think one of the next things that I just wanted to drop in here that's going to totally be unique. You know, I, I think it's it's cool to talk to me and Ryan. And, you know, I think that that we're both pretty good at what we do, but we're bringing in some absolute whales to do what we're doing um, you know, in one hour spots and, and talk to the, talk to the membership, you know, um, I think it's, and I don't know when this episode is going to drop, but Thursday night football this week, we're going to have rich rebar on there. You know, how awesome is that, that the Lord Reeves is going to take a look at your team and answer <laughs> your question. And it's not just going to be, well, you know, him referring to his worksheet, you know, he's going to answer a question about your specific team and your specific situation. You know, we've talked with Evan Silva and Scott Barrett, it's going to be cool. We'll probably ask you to come in there too, Matt. Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be awesome and give you a chance to to get a little bit of that that action that you haven't been able to do on your timeline just because it's so big. But you know, honestly, I, I really do feel like this is filling a space that's not out there in the dynasty segment, and the feedback has been just overwhelmingly positive. And 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 the bottom line, you know, I think people are going to know. You know, what's it cost? Well, it's, it's only nine bucks if you join by the end of September, you know, and then, and after that, you know, Hey, we'll talk, but just try it out for September, 30 days, nine bucks. And it, I guarantee you're going to get hooked. It, it, it's really, really been rewarding. And, and I think this is going to be my most fun dynasty season I've ever had. This is going to be a big reason why. I have a feeling you guys will be busier than you think. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it has been fun so far and definitely rewarding. And, uh, yeah, we're just just looking to grow that community and hopefully get some more people in there. So many, so many trades. It's it's hard for me to keep up, honestly. Um, I, I find myself just dedicating time, as you would expect, to, to going in, catching up with some conversations, answering some private messages about trades and and waivers, things like that. And I I love Twitter. I'm probably the the biggest uh, Twitter proponent there is. But we are limited with with characters and uh, with with just how how deep you can dig in that format. So I, I think this is something a little bit different, something unique, and and hopefully something people really like. So the bottom. Well, it sounds like there's a lot more true interaction. You know, like someone could be like, "I'm not sure what you mean. Explain yourself." You know, like Twitter, you can get lost easy. Oh, that's exactly what it's been, Matt. It, you have the chance for the back and forth. You're not you're not um, bogging down the rest of your timeline with it. And then, you know, the other thing that I've noticed is the sincerity of questions and the honesty of questions that are being asked are different. I think a lot of times people are afraid to ask a certain type of question on Twitter because, hey, everyone's going to see it. Are they going to think this is dumb? Sure. Like, should I already know this? It, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm in fourth grade and I don't understand this math problem and I'm afraid to ask the teacher. And then all of a sudden, I'm not going to raise my hand. Yeah, I'm not going right? to raise my hand. And then, and then I might not even learn the concept and I'm going to get a bad grade in the class because I didn't want to answer the question. Well, I mean, this, this is where that comes in. There's that actual teaching aspect to it. And, you know, I've had a chance to even show some of my teams and, and what I've done to get them to a certain point. 
it's just it's just basically you know behind the cloth this is how me and ryan play dynasty and and teach people teach people those methods and and we're already picking up some things from the subs so you know that the last thing i just really want to point people to is you know where do you even find this you know my my twitter handle used to be at dynasty command and i've actually reassigned it to this project so if you used to follow me at dynasty command you may have noticed that i'm at c patrick nfl now well if you go back and look up at Dynasty Command, that's where you find this Twitter handle now. And there's a link in there right to the private Slack. You can also find it pinned to my personal Twitter. I don't know if Ryan has it pinned right now, but I know he's been tweeting it. And we've actually got an offer going on right now. Every five, through the end of the month, every five new subs, we do a random drawing and they get a Player Raider podcast tee. That's one of Ryan and I's other uh, joint that's ventures. Cool. So it get a little something else for your money too. Um, 20% chance. So I, I don't know. I don't think you can beat this. Well, guys, today, uh, a, a lot of what we have been talking about over on the um, Dynasty Command Center Slack chat is what we're going to talk about today on the pod. Uh, and that's just how to manage your dynasty teams early in the season. We're two weeks in. We've got we've got a little hint of data, of information, and some sometimes that can really change how you manage your team. So, Curtis, that's why that's that's the other reason we've got you on today to hear some of your insights about this. I, I guess my first question is, with with two games played, two weeks worth of games played. How do you balance that out? We've got we've got information. We've got these games that we watch, data that is just overflowing on on everyone's timelines. It's it's really hard to keep up. How do you balance all of that and and just I guess kind of sludge through and and know what to to really focus on? Man, you you've got to have a process because if you don't, it just your head's going to be swimming and and everything becomes noise and you just get scared and you won't do anything. So that, you know, the first thing I do it early in the season, you know, if, if I know a lot about a player, if he has a strong track record, um, it's going to, I'm not too worried two games in, you know, especially, you know, let's take a guy like Des Bryant, you know, Des is not off to a hot start, but he, he's got a ton of red zone targets. He just hasn't been converting him. I think he's going to be all right. We know that Des is a good player. We know he's an important part of that offense. Um, you know, a guy that I don't know. Real, is- real quick, I hate to interrupt, but, and I, I interrupt all the time. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Des. He's gone up against Janoris Jenkins and the Denver corners. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. Right. It, it's, it's contextual, and I'm willing to give context text some importance here because we know a lot about him as a player and he has a strong track record a player that doesn't have that strong track record i need more info either a if if he's really performing strongly i need more information either in the form of of more games or i have to really dig deep to understand why they're succeeding to believe that they're a firm target moving forward so you know just a guy that that really boomed last week like a buck allen you know, got got a, a big point of the uh, carry share, and and now uh, West is banged up, and they just promoted Alex Collins from the practice squad. You know, Buck moving forward. Do I really think the Ravens are going to run the ball at this rate moving forward? Do I think Buck can continue this type of performance moving forward when he wasn't great in the past? You know, if he's free, yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait it out. Am I gonna go pay for him and think he's gonna be a league winner right now on on a game and a half of data? No way. You know, and so so that's that's just kind of a an example of of how I adjust to player takes and, and player performance early in the season. 
And then the other thing I do is you, you have to watch the games for yourself. If you don't, then you better make sure that you follow a very well-rounded complement of a fantasy analyst, because if you're just going to go all in on one guy and that guy's wrong and you don't know what his process is, you're going to go down with him if, if, if he's wrong. And so I want to see with my own eyes what's happening in these games. I, I watch as many of them as I can. And if I can't get to the whole game, I, I make sure that I don't just look at box scores. I read the story of a game. You can go out there. There are places you can find it. If you're creative, find the play-by-play of an entire game. And that will help you understand what was actually going on in terms of field position and play calling. And, you know, at what time were players producing? Was it just in the four-minute drill? Was it just in the two-minute drill? You, you have to understand the context behind everything this early in the season because there's just not enough data. Curtis, who are a couple of players that you have maybe found yourself changing your opinion on even just with two weeks worth of games? Okay. Well, yeah. So let's play that out. Um, I'll give you one positive and one negative, and then maybe you guys can give me uh, a player each two if you have something, but on the positive side, Ty Montgomery. Okay. So, you know, he was kind of a darling in the off season, but I don't know a lot of people that were really, truly sure, um, especially in dynasty because everyone, well, maybe not everyone, a lot of people were very excited about Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And, you know, we saw the, the metrics uh, about their college performance and, oh, they're going to overtake Ty Montgomery in no time. He's not a real running back. And, you know, man, early in the season, he's dominating the touches. He's looked real. They're using him just like they did last year, except you know he's getting even more um, touches. You know, and he's in the Green Bay Packers offense. I know that a, a player who touches the ball in Green Bay is going to score fantasy points. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers is there, and Aaron Rodgers means touchdowns. So, Timo, I, I'm all in at this point. I, I have to take a hard look at where I'm ranking him in Dynasty but he's going to get a significant bump um, here probably after this weekend. Um, I'll have, I'll have three games and, and I'll feel like I have enough to make some significant changes. Either you guys have a take on I think time he needs to go up. Yeah. I think he needs to go up dramatically. I'm a huge, huge believer. And I wasn't a couple months ago because teams tell you things. I mean, if you draft three running backs, maybe they don't love Montgomery, you know, but the more you watch him, and I've written this a couple times, I mean, every time I watch him, I like him more. His usage reminds me more and more of David Johnson, and you could see some similarities there. And, you know, they had you know, a tough matchup this past week without both their offensive tackles, two of the best tackles in the league. I, I think Montgomery's going to be a league winner type guy. I, I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, I agree as well. You just – I guess you look back on – uh, those draft picks that they made and some of the narrative there was Curtis, like you mentioned that they're worried about Montgomery. Maybe uh, I, I think I even heard some or saw some speculation that they would move him back to wide receiver. But when you think about it, I mean, that backfield was a disaster last year before they made that switch. You know, they had James Starks and Lacey who couldn't stay healthy. They had Kristen Michael. I mean, just Don Jackson, I, I think. I, that, oh, man. That name popped right. into my head. I think that was somebody they started at some point and, uh, and was actually on a fantasy fantasy roster. I mean, they were desperate for running backs, not necessarily desperate for a starting running back. And and, and that's kind of easy to see now. Uh, but I, I get the I get the story that was out there. It makes sense. But I totally agree with, with both of you guys. Montgomery is certainly trending up, gaining value, and a, a player that I would 
would love to have. I have to tell you guys about Loot Crate. Last month's stuff was fantastic. This month's is even going to be even better. Mythical is the, is the theme for October. Um, you save a couple bucks off any new subscription when you pl plug in Dynasty Blueprint. It's the best deal going. If you're on an epic quest for gears, for gear, housewares, collectibles, Loot Crate has it. It's the best surprise you know is coming every month. You run to the mailbox, you love it. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. If you're more of a fanatical fascinata, try Loot Wear, monthly wearables and accessories with cult classics and your favorite franchises. If you want to get bigger, get a bigger box with even bigger loot from Loot Crate DX. If you want to geek out your pet, which I think is the best thing ever, try Loot Pets. And that offer expires October 19th at 9 p.m. And that's when Mythical will end. So you hear the stories, the whispers and creatures being and beings that are beyond your imagination. You join us as we peer into the shadows and look into other realms for October's truly mythical collection. You get great items from Marvel, Ghostbusters, Stranger Things, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and others. One lucky, unlucky subscriber will also win a mega crate of seriously epic proportions. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So... You guys have to go to lootcrate.com slash Dynasty Blueprint and enter our code Dynasty Blueprint, and you will save a couple bucks off an already cheap subscription. Guys, Matt actually uh, just finished up that commercial for us, but he has got some scheduling issues. We we thought he had his schedule down, but not quite. So uh, he'll he'll definitely be back next week. But uh, Curtis and I are going to finish up. He's got some some great thoughts about how to manage your team early in the season. And Curtis, I know you talked about Ty Montgomery as, as being a player that you're suddenly starting to believe in, to come around on. But you also mentioned there was a player you're a little worried about at this point, two weeks into the season. Who is that? It's, it's Jordan Howard, man. And it, it pains me because I wanted to root for this guy. I wanted to believe that he could develop some hands and – he just hasn't been able to do it. He he essentially cost the Bears the game the other day. It, it's a bad situation, and and to make it worse, you know, Tariq Cohen, the the diminutive rookie phenomenon, is taking all of the receiving work um, at this point. I think Howard only had one target in week two, and there's just no reason to believe that he's going to earn that back. Cohen's been so much more effective in that role, and it's not that I think Howard's all of a sudden a, a poor runner. But when you, you know, again, we go back to context early in the season, right? The Bears are terrible. They have no weapons on the outside. They don't really even have any weapons at tight end yet. That, that entire team is run out of the backfield, and the opposing defense knows it. So it's very easy for them to load up on running downs and shut down Howard. And this is going to just be a season that's all about Cohen and that offense, I think. It's not that I think Howard can't be productive in the future but i think they're going to need um some more weapons in order for that to happen and for teams to respect the run uh the way that howard does it so i i'm readjusting my forecast on him and and something i shared in, in the command center earlier today was that i think the range of realistic outcomes for him is is really getting adjusted downward to where we have to start thinking about howard as a young jonathan stewart or maybe even a young Legarrette blunt i i think he's quickly going to become a, a first and second down pounder and teams are going to know that that the bears are running when he's on the field 
and that's not what guys were paying for him. You know, he was a top 18 startup pick um, in the last couple months. So if, if you have Howard and you can move him, I mean, do it now. You know, I, I think some deals that I've seen today were Howard for Emmanuel Sanders in a second. You know, Ryan, you and I discussed that deal. I would take that. I would take that immediately for Howard. That's how worried I am about him. Um, when would I buy Howard? I wouldn't buy him probably until midseason and his value has been adjusted to his really kind of part-time role that I think he's going to end up in. Are you that negative on Howard as well? I am. I'm concerned as well. And it's, it's defeating, I guess, if you, if Howard was the guy you went out and, and acquired this off season, or maybe you had a startup dynasty draft this off season, you spent a second rounder on Howard. It's, it's frustrating to lose that type of value to leave that value on the table, but you also have to be realistic and that's that's why it's so important to watch the games, like you mentioned earlier. That stat line in week one was was still pretty impressive. I think Howard was actually among the the top twelve running backs in fantasy that week, even with a couple of poor plays, including that drop on the goal line. But it, I, yeah, I agree. Sanders in a second is an immediate except for me. Anything really in that range? I mean, you can start Sanders every week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're going to ever feel good or at least the rest of the season about starting Howard with that offense, losing the targets in the pass catching role. Yeah. He's certainly a player that has lost value quickly. Um, Speaking of trades, let's, let's kind of move into that topic in general with your dynasty teams. How aggressive are you at, at this point early in the year when it comes to making trades? What, I guess just kind of talk about that. Are you kind of sitting on your rosters, letting it play out for a month? What are you, what are you doing with your teams? You know, I, I think this kind of goes back to the the point I made earlier. It it depends on the player. The more I know about them uh, or the less I know about them is going to inform how I handle the situation. In general, I'd say I'm very aggressive. You know, if you're not aggressive early in the season, especially if you're not the preseason paper champion, uh, you know, you don't just have one of those rosters that everyone's scared of you have to be aggressive or you probably don't have a realistic chance of winning. I'm a very, I'm a risk taker in dynasties because I want to win. I'm not, I'm not here to collect players. I'm here to win. Um, I, I want the trophy even more um, in most cases than I want the, the prize purse at the end of the season. And so, um, you know, with a player like Howard, I think I just, I, I kind of, I guess just gave the punchline away and trading him for, you know, Manny Sanders and a pick, you know, like, Two weeks ago, people would have laughed if, if you would take that form. That's how quickly you have to adjust or you lose out on these value opportunities. You kind of go down with the ship. And, and if you're not aggressive, especially on a player like that, it's, it's not just about missing on that player. It's about the overall value of your team is so severely impacted. It, it can make it can quickly put you in a hole. You just need one one or two of those um player situations where somebody tanks to really mess up your team for, for more than just this season, but even into next season. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, a really good point there. I, I was thinking about this the other day. It seems like as soon as the season starts, my goal, my really, I guess my, my reasoning for making dynasty trades starts to shift a little bit. I look at my possible lineup early in the week on Monday or Tuesday and maybe I see a really bad matchup for my quarterback or for a tight end, or, or maybe somebody got hurt and, and I don't feel good about my depth. 
So sometimes I feel like I'm making trades a week at a time in, in some cases. Do you ever feel that way or are you still kind of looking at it big picture? I, th I think with depth, it's it's totally fine to do that, especially like the bottom, I don't know, the bottom 33% of your roster. Um, if you want to move off of some of those, I wouldn't move off all of them, but if you want to move off of some of those, you know, rookie dart throws or second year dart throws that you think maybe have a high ceiling, but they don't have the role yet. Well, maybe, maybe there's a rebuilding team that has kind of a boring, productive veteran that you can just plug in here or there. A guy like, you know, uh, I don't know, a Jeremy Macklin or something like that, that, you know, he's not going to win the, the title for you this season, but he's somebody that can come in and, and give you some flex type production here and there. Yeah, I'm okay making those types of deals. I mean, again, the, the goal of playing dynasty ultimately is to win. Now I'm not going to go trade an injured David Johnson um, just to have a more favorable matchup for the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I think again, it's, it, it's context. If, will I tr turn over the bottom of my roster? Sure. Speaking of David Johnson, let's let's kind of talk about buying those injured players. Uh, we, we've had several already this year that have been lost for, uh, if not the season, at least several weeks, landing on the IR list, uh, Johnson being the biggest name probably, but uh, Allen Robinson, Greg Olson, Corey Coleman, we could include all of those guys. What are you doing with DJ? Are you going out and trying to buy him at maybe at a discount? I've tried. I haven't found that discount yet. Not in my leagues. Um, I think people are holding out hope that he'll return um, for the fantasy playoffs. And that's what they're really hanging their hat on. And he's still young enough. Um, and he's just been, I mean, he's just been so incredible in a short time in the league that people aren't really willing to go there. You know, we kind of saw a similar, this isn't really that dissimilar from when we thought Zeke might miss, you know, six to 10 games before we knew more about a suspension. People just aren't going to give up that high end of a dynasty asset for 80%, you know, 80 cents on the dollar um, when when they know that he might return this season. I think it's a little different for the guys that we know are out for the entire year. And we've got to wait 12 months before we see production. Yeah, what about what about Allen Robinson? I know you had some doubts on him even before that injury. So are you, are you targeting him with hopes of maybe making a profit down the road? Yeah, I think I think uh, Robinson's a guy that I'm going to have much more of an open mind on now um, because I think there's a high probability he's not going to be in Jacksonville. That was my main reason for being low on him entering the season. You know, I, I kind of foresaw this massive change in their offensive scheme um, with them drafting Fournette so early and wanting really to kind of uh, put some makeup on Bortles and uh, and hide him. So. I think Robinson, the time to buy probably still isn't right now. I think it's around week four to five when teams that are holding him, if they look like maybe they're competitors and 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 they kind of bargain with themselves that, yeah, I'll give away this asset uh, in order to go all in for this year. So I, I think late September to mid-October is the right time um, to buy him. And he's just going to be so much cheaper. You know, I think he'll fall out of the top 50 ADP probably. Yeah, I think so as well. And and that's that's a good thought on on the timing. Sometimes those players get hurt and we want to be super aggressive and go out and try to buy them, you know, before the before they've even had the x-rays done. And, and and sometimes patience helps a little bit with that. 
What about some some of the slow starters who have been disappointing through the first couple of weeks? We talked about Howard already. It sounds like you definitely would not be targeting him in trade. But I asked this question the other day on Twitter. Who are the players who have lost the most dynasty value in the first couple of weeks? Some of the popular names that were mentioned were Howard, of course, DeMarco Murray, Lacey, Pryor, Zeke Elliott, Watkins, and Hilton. Of that group, do any of those guys stand out to you as potential buy low opportunities? Yeah, I think anytime you have a a chance to to buy the really elite dynasty assets, you got to take a shot. It, it's just the same same thing as David Johnson, you know. So Ezekiel Elliott, if somebody was getting a little bit antsy with him, yeah, I'd love to buy him. You know, again, he's a guy I kicked the tires on during the suspension um, rumor mill, and I didn't really get anywhere with any of, of the owners um in some cases they wouldn't even give a price they just said eh, i'm not going to move them but if you can buy them yeah i think it's it's a great opportunity um of, of the more realistic buys that that aren't really at that level i'm not giving up on sammy yet and it's mostly because i, I think people are are really kind of kicking them to the curb uh everyone wanted a reason to fade watkins once he once he left buffalo for a seemingly lateral move or maybe even a, a worse situation because people didn't believe in, in in Jared Goff I guess uh in, in general I'm not going to say no one be- believed in him but I mean Goff was historically bad as a rookie um but Sean McVay looks like he has a great handle and a, and a good vision for what they want to do in that offense I think that we just have to adjust what what the ceiling for Sammy might look like in that offense you know we have a lot of data on what McVay did um, as a play caller in, in Washington and how he and Kirk Cousins spread the ball around to all of those different players. So Watkins might not be a guy that has that 150 target upside anymore, but could he be hyper efficient on 115 to 120? Yeah, probably. But, you know, he's not going to command that top 12, top 15 dynasty ADP or dynasty pricing anymore. So if there's a, if there's a Sammy Watkins owner kind of freaking out and somebody that's willing to sell him for, you know, a first straight up or, you know, productive veteran plus a second. And I, I think those, some of those deals are out there. Uh, that's, that's the type of deal I'm looking for right now. Some of the other guys that you mentioned, I wouldn't really be looking to buy DeMarco Murray. You know, it's, it's possible he'll, he'll rebound this year, but Derrick Henry has just looked so good. Um, increasingly good. Every time he gets a shot, there's not really a lot of incentive for the Titans to, to move back to Murray as a true workhorse at this point. Lacey, I think most people are writing him off as dead. Pryor is an interesting one. I think it would just depend on the price. I wouldn't pay a first for him, but he's still getting a lot of targets if he can just learn how to catch them, get rid of those alligator arms. So, And and Hilton, he's another guy that I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait, 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 because we still don't know when Luck's coming back. Eventually that owner is just going to get so frustrated. He thought he had a wide receiver one. I think that's another mid-October buy. And, and then you just you wait until next year to really count on him for anything. Yeah, I think to me, Hilton stands out as the the player to really target there. But I think you have to do that, like you just said, with the mindset that if Luck doesn't come back, and I think it's fair to, at this point to to question if he's even going to play this season or, or if he's even going to play, if he's going to get even half of a season in. But if you can acquire Hilton just with the idea to sit on him and, and just wait that out, that, that could really uh, return a profit, I think. Let's transition over to the waiver wire. We've we've already seen 
some big names available on the waiver wire. Of course, that always depends on your league size and format and, and just the calendar, how that works with, with, with your league. But uh, Tariq Cohen, we already mentioned, was on some waiver wires. Even Chris Carson uh, was on waiver wires early in the season. And this week, maybe it's Rashard Higgins, the Browns receiver that people are chasing. What's your mentality, your your strategy when it comes to playing the waiver wire early in the season? That that all depends on league size for me. If if you're in one of these leagues where you only ro- roster 20 players, it's going to be pretty hard for me to move off of one of my guys. But you get into some of these 25 and, and 30 player rosters or a, a 14 or a 16 team league where so many more guys are are rostered then you have to be more, more aggressive um, or even like in a contract league um, you need to be more aggressive because there's very few situations where you can actually be able to improve your team on the waiver wire. And, and I think my main, my main advice for people with waivers is you got to be a week early. And, and that's where it comes back to knowing the story of what happened in a game. If you can watch or read the play by play and know what happened um, you can be early. You don't have to wait until Chris Carson hangs you know, 90 plus yards to go claim him. You could have claimed him in the preseason when he was easily the most impressive back in that backfield. Um, and, and then you're not, you're not even in this competition with everyone else. Um, you know, Higgins, I don't think anyone would have had a reason to be early on him. He just got caught up off of the practice squad before that game. But, you know, if you're a guy who needs a wide receiver three or, or wide receiver four on your team, you, you have to go get him. Like you said earlier, Corey Coleman's out. For all, for all we know, Higgins is going to lead the Browns in targets until Coleman returns, if he even does return. So um, that's a, a great opportunity to make your team better. And, you know, if you end the season with any money in your waiver wallet, you did it wrong. I, I would rather miss on a guy at the end of the season um, than, you know, have 80% of my waiver money left and think, man, there's like four chances I would have had to really improve my team. And sometimes that can be the difference between finishing third and finishing first, or, you know, like last year, you know, Tyreek Hill, Dak Prescott, those were waiver wire guys. We don't know which one of these players that you just mentioned might become like a legit dynasty asset for the long run. So you got to take these chances or you don't have a chance to profit. Yeah. And there's probably some of those guys still, still sitting on waiver wires. They, we might not see them break out until week three, four, five or or even later like we saw with with hill last year so yeah always always be minding that waiver wire stay on top of the news and you said maybe there wasn't a reason to to be early with higgins knowing that news that he was called up to the active roster i mean that that's something you have to at least be aware of he's a name for for dynasty players that you should have known from last year as as the Browns spit a spin a midday or a mid round pick on him, and then what else do we know about the Browns this year? Britt has basically been invisible. Corey Coleman has been seeing a ton of a ton of the action through uh, at least in that first week, but he's also unfortunately a player who looks like he can't really stay healthy. So there's there's a story to tell, of course, in hindsight, why Higgins should have at least been on the radar a week ago. What about making lineup decisions, Curtis? This, for me, this is something that has really evolved over the years. I guess I feel like five or six years ago, I, I go to that MFL page, I, I look at the matchup, and I don't even know what those numbers mean. I guess there, there's numbers there. Not only that, the players average points 
for the season, but also the defense they're playing and and where that ranks. Not not really sure where that comes from, but uh, essentially I was uh, I was a starter studs guy. The the big names were in my lineups, and I, I just waited for Sunday to see how it played out. As DFS has become so popular over the past couple of years, there's so much analysis and so many guys out there um, giving out some great data with daily fantasy in mind. But I think we can apply that information as well. And and I found myself over the first couple of weeks sitting some of the big names who normally might have been in my lineup. Do you find yourself using that as well? Man, I, I love this point, and and I'm totally in the same same place as you. I used to, you know, early on in my dynasty days, or even just redraft days, look at that little projection, you know, on on my Yahoo team or my ESPN team or MFL team, and you know, those are all coming from different sources. It didn't matter. Hey, whoever had the highest point total there, that's who was going in. And sometimes it'd be like three tenths of a point difference, but you know, I'd just type A. I couldn't couldn't start the player who was projected for less points. I mean, DFS has totally changed the way that I set lineups. Um, it, it's ma- definitely made me a better dynasty player. Um, I'm not afraid to sit my wide receiver three for my wide receiver six if I know um, this particular team is awful against slot receivers. I'm not afraid to to start my tight end two in the slot if I know that the opposing team has given up touchdowns to opposing tight ends at a higher rate than the rest of the teams in the league. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that that you can apply it. And if you don't play DFS, it, it, you know, you don't have to put a lot of money into it, but if you want to get better at weekly roster management, go play some of the free stuff. I mean, there's tons of free tournaments that you can get in um, on any of the major platforms or, you know, play the quarter arcade. Just, it, it makes you get better. It makes you think about um, that type of thing. Another thing that I've applied is stacking. You know, if I'm a severe underdog and I've got, you know, two Packers wide receivers and, you know, maybe, maybe I've got Geronimo, Geronimo Allison sitting on my bench and I'm an underdog by 20 points this week. I'm going up against the, the league, the probable league champion. Well, maybe I start Allison and Jordy with Aaron Rodgers, And, and I, I play this game script that the Packers are just going to go bananas this week. And that inc- increases uh, my variance. And that's, that's how you can win. If, if you're a, a heavy underdog, now you don't get cute like that if you're a strong favorite or if you, if you have an amazing team and you're just really stacked and it's clear, you know, like your wide receiver three is still a top 20 dynasty player. You're probably not going to do this to that level. Um, but if you're starting enough players in your league, if you're starting two and three flex players, or you have a lot of flexibility between which types of positions you can play. Yeah. DFS has tons of applicability um, in weekly management. Yeah, it really, really has changed the way that I play. And and at least so far this year, it's been pretty su- successful. I'm off to a good start in my leagues. What about analyzing your roster? This is probably the most important piece of, of what we're go- going to talk about today. I've got, a, I've got a few teams that I thought honestly were maybe uh, – maybe going to be a long year for these, these teams. I thought probably not going to make the playoffs. And in one league, I'm off to a two and O start. And then I've got a, a, another team. That's the complete opposite. I was sure I was going to be a contender and I haven't won a game yet. So it's two weeks in too early to start analyzing some of those things. Is it too early to pull the plug and, and start trading some of those players that you thought you'd be counting on? 
it's definitely not too too early to, to analyze. I mean, you you should analyze every week. You should analyze multiple times per week. <laughs> um, you know, before you're making waiver claims, and then before you set your lineups for the weekend, you need to take a look. Take a look at the transactions that the other teams in the league have made. Those can give you clues as to what they think about their teams. If you see, you know, another team that's in your situation loading up uh, at a position through trades, that can give you contextual clues to to what um, your league mates are doing. But um, you know, you you have to understand why it, it goes. It goes back to understanding why. If if that team's two and zero, and you have a bunch of players that um, are are a year early, uh, or I mean, you, let's just say you're two and zero and your team sucks, but you have Kareem Hunt. Okay, that's that's probably the case for a ton of dynasty owners listening to this pod. Because if you drafted Hunt, um, you know, you in many cases you may have got him at the top of the second round. You might have had an early draft pick. You know, he wasn't really rising there until the end of the summer. And he's his production's been so out of this world that you know he he can single handedly win you a week right now, but you don't have the the horses to really win your league. So you have to you have to look at that. Is that sustainable? No. Um, if you're zero and two, but you lost to the two teams that are in first and second right now, and the margin of victory was like less than ten points each week, and you just got to take a breath, man. Find that brown paper bag and 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 breathe in and and, and just slow it down. Um, your team is, is not bad. You just had an unlucky draw. And so you just, I think it's hard because we did, we just become information consumers, but you have to think strategically during the season, if you're going to win your league, um, by anything other than random chance. And and I'm glad that you brought up this roster analysis, because this is another thing. This is really probably the biggest thing that we're going to help people with in dynasty command center, because these are the things that really stress people out. And man, if you can get the opinion of, of a bunch of other, you know, smart players or get the opinion of some analysts before you, you make a stressful decision, man, it really makes you feel better. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think I need to definitely take your advice though. A couple of these teams, this one team specifically, and it's, it's my home league, which probably, you know, that probably makes it worse. You really want to win those, those games against those guys you see uh, pretty often out in the real world, but I'm 0-2. I'm, I'm going to go find that paper bag. I'm just going to take a breath, give it another week, see what happens. But at the same time, stay active on the waiver wire, see if there's any trade opportunities out there. But I'm not giving up all my, uh, all my key assets quite yet. Well, Curtis, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for all your insight about early season roster management, whether it's trades, waivers, or even just those weekly lineup decisions. And uh, thanks for the information as well about Dynasty Command Center. I know that's something we're both excited about. And before we wrap up today, just tell our listeners where they can find all of your work. Okay, so you can find, uh, get a pen out. <laughs> you, can find, <laughs> you can find my Dynasty work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Um, you can find my DFS uh, analysis at Pro Football Focus. Uh, you can find Dynasty Command Center by the Twitter handle at Dynasty Command. Um, or you can just reach out directly to Ryan or I on Twitter and get more information about that one. And I, I see somebody, uh, Scott, who's one of our members, he just landed two trades that I got to go talk to him about uh, that we were talking about this morning. So good for you, Scott. And then um, you can follow me on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. All right. Thanks again for joining us, Curtis. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.